Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with Miami-based 13-year-old jazz piano prodigy Brandon Goldberg. He just released his debut album called Let's Play, and it's a refined gift sculpted by years in the woodshed, inspired by pianists recognized by one name like Monk, McCoy, Chick, Bud, and others, featuring veteran players Ben Wolf, Donald Edwards, and Marcus Strickland. He began playing piano by ear when he was three years old, playing the songs he was learning in preschool on his family's piano at home. Already, he has appeared on the Harry Connick Jr. Show, both seasons of NBC's Little Big Shots and the Steve Harvey Show. The future is wide open for him, and we talk about all of that. So get to know him and dig this interview, my friends. So, Brandon, up front, i got to tell you, I really, really dig the album. And I am, yeah, absolutely, man. I, there's so many influences that are going on on this album. In fact, I have a 14-year-old son, and we were in the car yesterday, and I was like, check this out, and I handed him the CD and just so he could see the age relativity, and he was really digging it. He was blown away. He was, he was into it. So it's been a universal thing. I'm still one of those guys that drives around with the CD in my deck because it's the yeah. best way for my brain to handle what's going on, and I like to see the world move around me. But, hey, thanks for taking a minute out. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you. On this album, before we get in kind of to the beginnings of your life and how all of this jazz started for you, whether it was listening or playing, what I want to know is it has to be a pretty big moment to walk in the studio with Ben Wolf and Donald Edwards and Marcus Strickland to make your very first jazz album. What was that like? I mean, it was exciting. I I got the chance to go through the music with Ben the night before, so I kind of got comfortable because I had never played with any of them before. So I'd gotten pretty comfortable with playing with Ben. Like, I saw how he approached music. Because, like, I've listened to a bunch of his records, but I never really heard him live. So I kind of got the feel of, like, how he feels the music and how he plays. It was exciting. I mean, I listened to, like, all the Wynton Marsalis records, and he's on all of them. Like, I'm listening to all of Marcus's records. And, like, I listen to so many records that Donald's on there. It's really an honor to be able to call them my side. You know, I think the thing that's amazing about what you, you jazz musicians usually do when you get in the studio is is that even if you haven't met each other or you've had limited amounts of time, you guys just get in there and you make it because sometimes you'll hear bands will be in there for months and months and months. So what do you think it is about the jazz musician that can just say, you know what, we're getting together, this is who we are, and we're making an album? I think it's the excitement, the idea that these musicians that you want to play with, they're going to bring their style to your music, and it's just going to all come together beautifully that we don't want to wait. We're kind of impatient in a way, and we just want to hear what this is going to sound like to know what the rest of the record is going to sound like. So I think that, well, that's the reason why I at least dove into, like, within the first 30 minutes that we were there at the studio, we were already recording the first take of one of the tunes. You know, the one thing about you is that you've been playing for a long time, and you're just embarking kind of on this more professional avenue with a new album. So my question to you is this. What did you learn from these guys, these guys you recorded with, and other people that have been around for a long time? What are you soaking in? What are you taking from how they approach their craft that may help you in the future? Well, I'm taking in what they listen for, a pianist. Well, right now, at least. Because, like, they'll be playing with some of my favorite piano players, like Oren Evans and Sullivan. Like, they're just playing with all of my favorite piano players. And I just think about what they're listening to and what they want and what they expect from a piano player. 
let's get to the beginnings of your life. You started out very early on the piano. So talk to me about what was it about the instrument and how did you kind of start saying, you know what, this is what I want to do. I started playing piano when I was three, and I started because I wanted to play the songs I heard in preschool, but I wanted to play them back home. So I would take the melodies that I heard, and I tried to figure them out on the piano, and that's kind of how I just started because there was a piano in the house. So I had the opportunity to say, all right, so I heard this melody. All right, this key was the first note that it sounded like it started on. All right, now this one comes next, and it just inspired me to play it because I wanted to hear the song so much. So some of your favorite artists are Herbie Hancock, Chick Corea, Oscar Peterson, of course, Charlie Parker, Miles Davis, and Coltrane. Yeah. But which of those, which musician did you hear first where you were like, this is what I want to do? Uh, I actually heard Bill Evans first because I was really into Sinatra and the Rat Pack for a while because that's what my grandparents showed me when I was five or six years old. But they showed me one of those old movies that the Rat Pack was in, and I just I just became obsessed with that. I would study all the Sinatra tapes, and I really just got into that whole vibe. And eventually, I got into Tony Bennett too, and I discovered the Tony Bennett and Bill Evans recordings. And the first time I heard Bill Evans, that was like, that's what I want to do. And then and eventually, I got into Oscar Peterson as well because. When I was on YouTube, it would be one of those things, like, recommended for you, like, as, as also when I was listening to Bill Evans. So it would just always come up as well, and all these different piano players, and that's kind of how I started checking out all these different piano players. And I had a teacher, too, that would let me know what to listen to. And I kind of figured out all myself what I wanted to listen to. What is it, what is it about Bill Evans that you like so much? There's just so much about Bill Evans. I mean... His touch, he could really play a ballad so beautifully. He tells such an amazing story every time he plays a ballad. And the way that he swung, too, it's like he swing, but like he's not that type of Oscar Peterson swing where you always hear the triplet. He kind of found the in-between of playing really melodic and really um, expressive and still playing all these really melodic and beautiful lines while swinging. So the bio and the description of, of your album is all fortified by the Florida Sun. So where are you coming from? Oh, I live in Miami. Right now you're in school. You're, you know, you're this kid that's got this album out. Do you feel like you're an old soul or do you feel like this is just a talent that you have and this is what you need to do in life? I feel that I'm a little bit of an old soul because I kind of check out everything that was going on around that time period. Like, I was, like... I was talking with the great Lenny White who happened to be playing the set after my set at Dizzy's. And he was asking me all these questions about Miles Davis and how he wasn't really inspired by musicians as much when he came out with Bitches Brew, but he was inspired by more of what was going on with, like, the Vietnam War and Woodstock and all these different peace movements. So I try and study what's going outside of the music as well, just a little bit. And I find that that kind of that kind of helps me figure out what's going on. And, I mean, yeah, I, I would also call myself an old soul because I do listen to a lot of the different music from that time period, not just jazz. Yeah, and I also have friends that are older, and I enjoy 
and obviously I really enjoy playing with musicians that are older than me. And I have such a special connection with musicians, too. Like I talk to Ben almost every three or four days for about 30 to 40 minutes every day, and he'll show me different records to check out, and I'll, and I'll show him this transcription that I'm working on, and we just talk about so many different stuff. So it seems to me as though at your age and where you're at with your playing that a lot of these older musicians are going to be extra open and receptive to wanting to talk to you and, and answer questions and give you advice. Do you get that feeling? Yeah, sometimes. I mean, there's really two kinds of musicians. There's the kind that's really open to, like, showing me what's going on. There's the kind that's always there to help me with whatever I need. And there's sometimes this kind of musician that they kind of want to keep it for themselves. And it's like, it was our generation. Let's take this with us. We'll be known as the greatest forever. I've always kind of tried to surround myself with those musicians that are willing to tell me everything that was going on. Like, Ben will tell me, like, stories about playing with Wynton Marsalis and, like, all these different musicians, and I'm so grateful to be around all of them. You know, you had the chance to play on Harry Connick's show, and, and, and the one thing I remember about Harry, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of an older guy and remember a lot of these musicians that started young. He started quite young. Did he have any advice to you, give you any advice on some things at your age now, what you can look forward to as you get older? We had a lot of similarities because we both started at the same age, and but he didn't really give me any straightforward advice, but he was really nice and very supportive of everything. Cool. Yeah, he seems like it. Right now, what what do your friends at school and what do what, what do your peers say about what you're doing right now? Is it just another day in your life or are they kind of like, wow, this guy's putting out music, he's, he's a jazz musician? What's kind of the perception of your peers? I mean, it's kind of just like a regular day for me. Like, none of my friends really talk about it too much. I mean, I actually started going to a new school this year. I tried to keep it quiet that I was, like, a piano player and I was on the Harry Connick show and blah, blah, blah. But, like, my friends eventually did find out, but they're pretty cool about it, and we don't really talk about it too much. You know, the one thing I've noticed, I've been doing this show for eight years now. I've interviewed probably 700-plus musicians. And the one thing I noticed about jazz musicians is that there's this level of them being humble. They, you know, the, it seems like the most famous people are the ones that are the most down to earth. Is that something that you've noticed with a lot of these elders that they want to make sure that as this jazz torch gets passed on to younger generations, they're just trying to be humble about what they're doing? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I had the opportunity to sit with the great Herbie Hancock for 20 or 30 minutes and I would ask him all these questions, and he almost tried to avoid himself in a way, and he was so open and humble, and it was really just an amazing experience because it didn't feel like I was talking to Herbie Hancock. It felt like I was just talking to this older musician that has been around everybody, but it definitely didn't feel like I was talking to one of my heroes because he's so just down to earth and he's so open about everything. So the one other thing that you do too is is that you uh, you know you help raise funds and awareness for charitable organizations like Jazz Foundation of America. How did that start for you? Why, how did that become a passion? I always love to share my music with people, and it really it was just an opportunity that I mean I couldn't give up. And the Jazz Foundation does some absolutely amazing things for the musicians that I that I listen to, like all these sidemen. 
like from the Duke Ellington band, from like they play with Miles for a little bit. They've helped out absolutely anybody who whoever needed help, whether it's financial aid or or to pay their health bills. They're just so helpful to the musicians that really helped me find my sound and that really helped create jazz. So you had a live show at Disney's on March 25th, and my question to you is this. What other performances, live shows, things are you doing to promote this album? So that was, like, the main one, but I'm playing down here in Miami on May 15th or 16th at the Faina Hotel down in Miami Beach. Christian Sands and Jasmine Horn were actually down here last year and played it's a pretty good series, so I'm excited about that. You know, the one thing when I was talking to my son, his name's Miles. I named him after Miles Davis. Oh. And, yeah, so he was kind of talking to me about the album, and, and, and I said, you know, there's another prodigy that came out a couple of years ago that I played for him. He, he hears jazz all the time with me, and it's Joey Alexander. My question to you is, there seems to be similarities. He's, I, I'm not sure how old he is now, but is he someone that you've kind of orbited and arced with and talked to about your life and music? I've actually never met Joey Alexander. I've never had the opportunity. I mean, I would love to, and I would love to hear his ideas about music, and I would love to play with him, but no, I've, I've never had the opportunity. Obviously, you know, this is your first album. You're, you're getting out on the scene. You're playing some live shows. So my question to you is this. When you kind of look at your life right now, and this isn't really a fair question for an adult to ask somebody your age, but I think since you are in this position where you're doing what you're doing and you're obviously looking ahead, being a musician, what what do you kind of want to see your future as? I mean, you've been on Harry Connick. You're having conversations with Herbie Hancock. You had very seasoned musicians around you on this CD. What what do you want to see happen? Is the sky the limit, or are there things that you want to really see specifically happen? I mean, I would like a long career. I mean, anybody would, but I would like a, a long career, and I would just like to explore music and see how far jazz music can go and just play with as many people as I can. And one more question I have to kind of piggyback off of that is, is that do you have, the, a, a plan to do yearly albums or how are you going to kind of approach that in your life with albums? I mean, I really don't know. It's my first album and it's just taken so much work. I mean, we recorded this back in January of last year and we just got this finished. I hope to make a lot more and to play with different people. I mean, not necessarily different, but I hope to play with as many different people as I can and share my music and create a bunch of new music. But, yeah, I look forward to making a new album, just hopefully with a label this time, because it was so much work. So why do you love jazz? I mean, I love jazz because of the freedom it gives me to explore, because you'll have a head, but then you can just explore the head and take it so far and create your own story while telling the composer's story. And I, I like the way it feels, too. I mean, I love the idea that you can play together with somebody and it feels really good. I mean, I just love everything about it. So let's say you have Kansas City as a city on your destination to come and play a live show. Let's say the Blue Room off 18th and Vine, and you have to help the publicist write a kind of a notice, a short notice as to what the crowd can expect during a show that you deliver, what you're going to give them musically. How would you describe what you give to a crowd? Hopefully I'll give them an experience that they won't forget. 
but I want to give the crowd a good time and while playing complex music because some of the music on the album is not exactly too easy to play, but I would like all the music to feel good and I would like everybody to have a good time. That's all I'm trying to do at the piano. So this is my final question for you, and this tends to be one of the more difficult questions, but I think it kind of gets to the heart of a musician as a person, and this is my question. Everyone has this perception of who they think you are. Your, your parents, your family, your friends, fellow musicians, but you know who you are. You are the only one that knows who you are because you're leading and living your life. So tell me, who do you think you are? I just think I'm a piano player that's trying to play some jazz music. <laughs> I'm a piano player that's just, like I said before, trying to explore music. I'm trying, I'm my own voice. I mean, everything you hear on that record, that's me. I mean, as as much as you might hear Monk, as as much as I'm playing a few uh, Monk's music, as much as I'm playing Herbie's music, as much as I'm playing Duke Ellington's music, that's still my voice at the end of the day. And that's the way that I'm going to sound forever. Brandon, thank you for taking a minute out for Neon Jazz to talk about Let's Play. Good luck with your career. Hopefully we'll see you swing through Kansas City at some point. Definitely. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening and tuning in to yet another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players in Miami, Kansas City, and spots all over the world, giving fans all that jazz. And thanks to Brandon for his talent, his music, and his stories. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino on the iTunes Store. Visit Neon Jazz at YouTube.com. And for everything Neon Jazz, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.